I was filled with rejection, always seeking love. I was a pothead. After Vietnam, I struggled with hatred and depression. I was a drug dealer addicted to ecstasy. I lacked self-confidence. I was selfish. I allowed addiction and death to rule my life. I struggled with loneliness, so I turned to sex. I allowed people's opinions of my personal appearance to keep me alone. I was once depressed. I was filled with grief. Institutions, jail, and death were my destiny. I was a slave to sex and alcohol. I was suicidal. I was judgmental. I struggled with an addiction to nicotine. I lost my job of 20 years. I was afraid. I found Jesus. I found life. I have overcome. He's given me beauty for ashes. I've overcome. Through Christ, I have found my joy. I have overcome. Christ has made me pure, so I have overcome. Christ came to set the captives free. I have overcome. I have been set free by God's grace. I have overcome. I found my true love in Christ. I've overcome. Through Christ, I found courage. I've overcome. It wasn't until I found Christ that I realized that his opinion was the only one that mattered. I've overcome. And because of Christ's strength and patience, I've overcome. But I'm done dealing my life. Now I've overcome. But through Christ, I persevered. I've overcome. I allow Christ to remove my chains. I have overcome. I put others first. I have overcome. I'm high on Jesus. I have overcome. <laughs> now I need the judging of God. I have overcome. Now I'm filled with God's love. And I have overcome. Isn't that awesome? Last week we talked about how next year this time could look different if you change the way you think. We're asking everyone to give us a year just to see what God can do. You don't have to worry about, you got to reschedule everything, you got to do all these crazy things. Just give God an opportunity to work in your life. Last week we looked at this, this progression that if you sow a thought... You reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. You sow a lifestyle, you reap your destiny. So last week we talked about your thoughts and how we have to control our thoughts because our thoughts control our destiny because that's where it all ends up through there. This week we're going to look at our actions, what our thoughts turn into an action because that's the next step in it. Aristotle said, we are what we continually do. So the habits that you have, the things that you do every day is what shapes and determines what and who you are. We are actually the sum total of all the things you keep doing over and over again. So how many of you know that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity? insanity. I knew everybody would know that. But we need to think about and look at changing the way we do things, to change our actions but that's sometimes difficult. That's not the easiest thing. Because if it's easy, everybody would do it. Again, we talked about going to the gym. If you could just get up and go, man, I'm so excited to be at the gym. Everybody would look like Pastor Matt. But everybody doesn't get up and go do that and work out. And that's just like, oh, I don't want to get up. Because oh, we got to change our actions. But how many of you know, if you look at the first part of that video, and you see all the people 
And maybe you know somebody that's got some of those different things that they talked about, things they were facing. Those were real life situations. I tell you, the people that I run into during the week, the people I talk to, whether I go at the gas station, at restaurants, where I'm at work, all the different places, those are similar things that I see. People are depressed. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do next. They're really, really taxed by life and what life has done to them. In order to change our lives, we actually need hope. It's the first step because many of us are hopeless. If you'll turn with me in your Bible to Jeremiah 29.11, many of us know this. It's, it's one of the great scriptures that we hear talked about all the time. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We know that God has great plans for us. And again, I will say, he knows those plans. We have to discover those plans. That is our job to find that out. That's why we have the growth track every month. So one of the things that we can do is help you discover what God's plan for your life is. But look at the bottom part of this. His plans are to give you a future and a hope. So we need hope in order for us to have a future. In the Message Bible, I love the, the next translation of that. It says, I know what I'm doing, God's saying. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you've hoped for. How many of you know people hope for a great future? When you're this little, you plan on being an astronaut, a firefighter. You plan all these great ideas and these great thoughts for your future. But how many of you know that doesn't always happen? It doesn't just happen all by itself. You need hope for your future. If we can go back to that screen again, Michael, where sow a seed. This is something we have to keep in the forefront of our mind. This is what we're going to be talking about a little bit more as we go through because this is what shapes our lives, whether we like it or not. So if I sow a bad thought, guess what kind of an action I'm going to reap? A bad action. And that's going to create a bad habit, create a bad lifestyle, and create a bad destiny. So everything is going on in this first line right here. That's what we have to look at. Changing our actions actually start with a choice. And can I suggest to you the first choice we have to look at is actually repentance from the past. Now, repentance is a dirty word for a lot of people. Like, oh my gosh, I thought you guys said you're the church that doesn't judge people and there's no rules. And whoa, whoa, what's this repentance? It's, it's really not all that negative. All it simply means is I'm going this way and I recognize that that's not really healthy for me. I'm going to go this way. It, look at it as a course correction. Many people have been through some of the five steps or the 12 steps or the million step things for recovery. If you've been around any of that, you might have heard of this thing called my life in five chapters. It goes something like this. Chapter one, I went for a walk and fell in a deep, dark hole, and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter two of my life, I went for a walk and fell in the same deep, dark hole, and it took me. A long time to get out. How many of you know when you fall into a deep, dark hole, you don't just get out of that the next day? Chapter 3, I went for a walk. I saw the hole, and I got a little too close, and I slipped back in, and it took me a long time to get out. 
chapter 4 of my life. I went for a walk, I saw the hole, and I walked around the hole. Chapter 5, I went for a walk, and I went down another road, okay? This is what I'm talking about, that it's not this big, whole, negative thing. It's like, I kind of recognize there's things that are pitfalls on this road that I keep falling into, or I see that's a potential, and I'm going to take a different road. We've been talking about this whole year about paths and what God's path is here. He has this whole way lined out for us, but you just got to get into it. We talked about God has given us the desires of our heart. That's twofold. That's where God put the desire in there, and he's the one who fulfills that desire. Who better to help us run our lives and avoid the pitfalls than the one who gave us the desires? Philippians chapter 3 starts off, brothers, in verse 13, sorry, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, of everything. He just says, I don't know everything, but this one thing I do, I'm forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. How many of you know you can't do anything about your yesterday? There's nothing about the bad choices, the holes you fell into, the ones you slipped into, you got too close to, the ones you're even trying to walk around. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. But we can strain ahead to what's coming on. Next verse says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me towards heaven in Jesus Christ. See, we have to change the direction we're going. It's a course correction, perhaps a different pathway than what you've done before. Romans 12, verse 2 in the Message Bible says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. But what's it start with? Fixing your attention on God. Can I suggest to you, if your attention is fixed on God, you're not going to fall down into the deep, dark hole. It's going to take you a long time to get out. If we fix our attention on God, he will change us from the inside out. This should be the the scripture that that is the qualification for us saying we're the church with no rules and no judging because only God can do this. There's nothing I can do to anyone or any one of you can do to someone else to say, you've got to do this, this, and this, and this, and that's going to get you to God. No, it's something God's going to do from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants you to do and quickly respond to it. Speaking of quickly, we're just going to run through these a couple of points really quick. We want to look at first things. So if I'm going to change my actions, if that's the first step, last week we looked at thoughts, this week we're looking at our actions, what's the first thing I need to do? Can I suggest to you that we need to focus on what I do first? So there's several firsts we're going to look at. But I want to ask you, and I want to challenge you to look at your course that you're on and say, am I putting God first? Luke 4, 16. As his custom was, Jesus made church a priority. So Jesus is all these different places. He's over here at this wedding. He's over here with these people that are blind. He's healing people. He's calling these big crusades. And his custom was still at church. He made that a priority to be in church. He's the son of God. Did he need to go to church? Come on, let's be real. (laughs) Really? He didn't need that. But it was his custom. He scheduled going to church. So let me ask you the $50 million question. What would your life look like a year from now if you spent 52 
Sundays in church. It's a big ask, I know. But what would your life look like? What if we gave God the first of everything? You're immediately thinking money, and you're thinking, oh, here it is, there he is. He's talking about money. He wants, he's looking for my wallet right now. There we go. I'm not talking just about money. God says, I want you to put me first in everything. Can we look at Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, in the Living Bible, says the purpose of tithing, giving the tenth, and I'm not going to take the time to dig down deep in that. It's talking a little bit about money. It's talking about giving the first of everything. Okay, The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. So this isn't just about money. It's the, hey, this is the whole purpose of why I'm asking you to give the tithe, God says. So you learn to put me first in your life. What would it look like if we give God the first of our year? We started off the first this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is not real glorious. It's not glamorous. It's not something you go, woohoo. It's like, ah, right? Anybody along with me? I mean, if you're wanting to go on a weight loss thing in the beginning of the year, that's the way to go, all right? But, you know, but God does some amazing things when you put him first. What if I gave God the first of my month, scheduling and budgeting? What if at the end of the month, which we're approaching kind of maybe on purpose, and I'm telling you this, what if we looked at next month and said, hey, what does this month hold? I'm going to look at my calendar and say, do I have God scheduled in here? I'm going to make sure I'm at church on Sunday. This isn't a plug to get you to come to church. This is a plug about you following God and putting God first, okay? But what did it look like if you scheduled God in your day, in your month? You budget out and say, hey, this much money I want to give to God. I'm going to purpose this in in my month. What would it look if you put God first in the month. Bet you can guess where I'm going next. What would it look like if you gave God the first of your week? The first day of the week is Sunday. Here we go again. He wants me in church again. But what would it look like if you started the week, every week, in church? Say, God, before I do anything else the rest of this week, I'm going to come and I'm going to worship you. And I can tell you, this isn't a Church on the Rock Dallas message. This is a I'm following Jesus message. Okay? So in a couple of weeks when Rockwall is, is like launching off on Sunday mornings, and they're, that's a great thing. It's the same message for them. For every other church here, man, I'm starting off my week. God, I'm giving you the first of my week to be here. But what if... And I'm really guilty of this, so I'm preaching to myself. I really should sit down and, like, you know, have somebody else stand up here and be a, a puppet. But what would it look like instead of just worshiping, but it was actually a day of rest? I know my wife's saying amen in the back. But what would it look like if the first day of the week I worshiped and I rested? I took a nap. Spent more time intentional with the family. We did something different. And I, I'm terrible at this. I'm just too busy. I'm confessing my sins before you all. What would it look like if I gave God the first of my day? Before I even check my phone. Before I do anything else. If I chose to spend 
the first 15 minutes of my awake time with God. I want to challenge you to something called the first 15. Spend five minutes in the Word, five minutes listening to a worship song. It's one song. Can you imagine starting off your day, what a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. It's a different song playing, so that's going to really throw me off. What would it be like the rest of your day if that's what we did? Maybe you're like me that you've had something happen early in the day that ruined the entire day. Something just happens like, ugh. I can't wait to come home tonight and pull the covers over my head for a reset tomorrow. What if we gave God the first of our day? And the same thing that happens in the negative happens in the positive. So that we walk through the rest of the day going, what a wonderful name it is. Man, this is a lot of junk I got to deal with over here. I got these city inspectors over here. And um, got some problems going over here. But what a wonderful name it is. It's just going to change me. It's not about God. It's about changing me. Very quickly, Matthew 25. Verse 14. Jesus is giving a parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a man going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and trusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave them five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their ability. So how many of you know some people have ability for more capacity to do stuff and less? God knows that. Then he left on his trip. And the rest of the story goes on that he left that money and that investment with them for a period of time. And then he came back in the parable and said, what did you do with what I gave you? And in the parable, the guy with five says, I've turned the five into ten. He goes, man, I'm really proud of you. The guy with two says, I've turned the two into four. God, man, I'm really proud of you too. Come on in, let's party together. He turned to the guy with the one. He goes, I didn't know what to do with it, so I just buried it in the ground, but here's your one back. He goes, how did you not invest it any way, shape, or form? You could have at least got an interest on it. See, God has given all of us something. And that parable of Jesus challenges me, and I'm turning around putting that same challenge on you. What has he called you to do? The only way we'll find that is intentionality to spend time with God. Going through the growth track again, I'll plug growth track. That's where we're going to help you find the tools to know what God's called you to do. But then you got to put some intentionality with our actions to turn around and make today, I'm not talking about tomorrow, today look different. And guess what? Tomorrow will look different because we do the same thing tomorrow. And then the next day, and the next day, and next month, and then the next month, and then one year from today, what happens? We look back and go, I don't even recognize that person because look what the Lord has done in me. Not because of what Pastor Kevin did. Not what Church on the Rock did. Not what any man can do. Look what God has done. 
The last scripture, Philippians 1, verse 6. Now I'm certain that God, who began the good work in you, see, it's God who's trying to do this thing inside of you. This desire, he's like, won't you come on this path with me? Won't you come? Man, I got it. It's, I've already prepared this whole thing. I've got the plan for you. Please discover what I've got for you. The good work within you. He will continue his work until it's finally finished in the day when Jesus returns. If you'll bow your heads with me, close your eyes. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. You might say, Pastor Kevin, I'm far from God. You might say, I've never experienced what you are talking about there. You might say, man, I, I, I've got it going on. It's, it's working. I'm, I'm doing the right things and I'm seeing God move in my life. But boy, I just need a little bit of a course correction. Maybe some of us need a huge course correction. That doesn't matter. I hope we're all challenged as I am. There's something I can do better for God. So if that's you and you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray in just a moment. It can be either A, I want to accept Christ for the first time. Maybe it's I need to come back to Christ. Maybe it's there's some things I need to surrender. Maybe there's some course correction that needs to happen in my life. Or maybe it's just a simple little nudge to say, man, I really want to do that verse 15. Whatever that is, if that's you, that you want to be included in that prayer, would you just raise your hand up and put it back down? Anyone else? All right. We're going to have everyone pray out loud so no one's left out. So everybody pray out real strong. It doesn't matter how strong you pray. God hears you regardless, but it's good for the person next to you to hear that hear you praying too. Say, God in heaven, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the gift he's given me. Thank you for the gift of the path that you've created for me. Help me to discover what you have for me. I'm willing to follow you and surrender whatever you ask. I'm going to try the best of my ability to change my actions and to do the first 15 and put you first in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.